Okay, well tonight we will start our uh, ministry series, uh, actually continuing the book of Genesis, uh, and in this section uh, we will actually begin covering Genesis chapter 12 through chapter 50, and uh, there's a lot of details in this, in this book, uh, but we'll get into it, and I think we will, tonight we want to see an overview uh, especially uh, how the Old Testament in picture form shows us uh, the rich experience uh, of the triune God uh, and our experience to eventually produce uh, the real Israel of God. So uh, thanks for braving the elements tonight yeah. and coming on out. It's a, a, a nice turnout. We're so glad you all came. Uh, we had a little uh, physical food, and I hope now tonight we can get some real spiritual food to nourish us up in the words of the faith. Amen. So, uh, tonight, uh, don't be scared by the outline. We'll cover it fairly quickly. Um, but we want to uh, begin uh, just by talking about the book of Genesis. You know, this book is a seedbed of the entire divine revelation. And as we get in this book, we have to realize that everything in this book lays the foundation and shows us a very beginning part of our experience of Christ. Uh, many people would relegate the book of Genesis to stories. Uh, and things in the Old Testament of that nature. But we have to realize, first off, that this book was written for us. Amen. And this, written, this book was written for our experience of Christ in a detailed way. The Old Testament, the whole Old Testament, is like a large picture, just like this. This is a very good example right here. It's a large picture. But you know what's wrong with this picture? There's no caption. Where is that? What is that? It is very detailed. But you don't know what it is. And that's like reading the Old Testament without the New Testament. You know what? This picture is very detailed. Uh, it's, it's colorful. But you need a caption underneath in order to understand the reality of this picture. And the New Testament is the caption underneath Amen. the great picture of the Old Testament. Amen. So what we're going to get into tonight is we're going to look at a detailed picture of the Old Testament, but understand it with the reality of the New Testament word, okay? And so I'm glad we had this picture. I didn't know that was going to be there. But that helps us explain yeah. what we're getting into here, okay? So how about let's start with the title, All Together. Ready? All Together. Read out loud. You have an outline? You can't see one? Maybe you can raise your hand and somebody can get one to you. They, they should be laying around. Let's read the title, All Together. Ready? Go. <coughs> no way. You know, beginning in chapter 12 of Genesis... Uh, basically, we begin to see, you might say, the three foundational men or people that represent the people of God. And without Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, there would be no Israel. There would be no God's people. They become the very base and beginning of God's called race, eventually, which issues in Israel, God's people on the earth. So... <clears throat> They're not just three Old Testament men, though, uh, with 
particular stories about one another, but we have to realize these three men and their testimony and their story overlapping one another as things unfold in Genesis show us a very detailed picture of a corporate person's experience of the triune God. Amen. Okay? These three men together, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, again, whose stories overlap. You know, previous to that, you have Adam, Abel, Enoch, and Noah. And actually, their stories really just are separate, one after the next, sequentially. But these three men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their stories are very interrelated and very mingled with one another, portraying the experience of one corporate person. Okay? So we have to realize this is quite significant because this experience seen in the Old Testament then becomes our experience. The experience of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with so many rich details. Yes. With, uh, there's no way we can get into all those details tonight. Actually, on the back of your outline tonight, we'll just cover something concerning Isaac tonight. You'll see a few details there. But suffice it to say, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had many rich experiences. And their experience that we see eventually, we have to enter into and experience ourselves to become today's real Israel of God. That is his expression and representation on the earth today. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into it. Roman number one, let's read this all together. Ready? Go. that these three also show us the triune God. Abraham with the father, Isaac with the son, and lastly, Jacob uh, is related to the matter of the spirit. Okay? So quite interesting. Uh, You can see these three quite well uh, in the details of their story. Abraham, uh, the father of the called race, Isaac, the one who received everything from the father. And Jacob, the supplanting, heel-holding, conniving Jacob who got, what, touched by the Spirit, who got uh, touched by God himself, represents the disciplining work of the Holy Spirit. So we get to see uh, that these three men represent the triune God in his experience and work on man. Okay? So, Exodus 3.15. Let's read this verse all together. Go. And God says to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, Jehovah the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this And just quickly, you know, it's quite amazing that God would permanently attribute his name to the name of three men. Who, when you read their stories, realize they're full of weaknesses and failures and problems and situations. 
For, come on up here, Abhishek. <laughs> so, I love you, Brother Abhishek. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you know Brother Abhishek, <laughs> you know, would you ever say the God of Abhishek? I mean, Abishab, how, how would you like to, God to ascribe his name with you? Oh, love it. <laughs> I mean, it's marvelous because all of, are you perfect, Abishab? Close to it, but not, not, not quite. Okay, not quite. So, um, it's amazing that our God would permanently put his name with a man who's not quite perfect, who has some slight imperfections, and who. Uh, lived a human life with failures and problems and so forth. If you read about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you realize they're no different than you and I. Abraham, the father of faith, how many times, thank you, how many times did God have to appear to him before he was willing to come out of his father's lands? Multiple times, multiple times, God had to appear. And you might consider your own experience <clears throat> when God called you. How many times did God appear to you yeah. in your human life growing up? Maybe there was an instance when you were younger and then in junior high and maybe, maybe two or three times in high school you had particular experiences where God appeared to you to call you. You know, this is Abraham. Abraham was not so ready when God called him the first time. Or the second time. Or even the third or fourth time. But God's appearing came again and again and became a big motivating and strengthening for Abraham to be answering God's call. Okay? Well, if I, if I get into any one person, I'll fall into a deep well and never come out. And we won't be able to see the whole picture. So we better move forward here. Okay? So God here... God said to Moses, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, Jehovah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. His name is very particular. I would say, wow, such a long name, God. Really? But he had to tell us and show us that he himself is so directly related to humanity. So one with a human being, Abraham. And Isaac and Jacob, that his name is forever the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Okay, he says here, this is my name forever. Quite striking here, right? <clears throat> then, also here in Matthew 28, 19, just a, uh, a related verse. Go, go therefore and disciple all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So here you have the Trinity. And again, these are related to directly Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, let's go quickly on to Roman 2. Go. The records of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob overlap, not portraying three separate individuals, but as the of one person. 
Okay, let's read A. Go. The experience of Abraham signifies the experience of God the Father, the unique source in his calling man, justifying man, and equipping man to live by faith and to live in fellowship with him. Okay, so firstly, uh, we have to see particularly here with Abraham, uh, the experience of Abraham signifies the experience of God the Father, the unique source. And I would like to stress this first of all. With Abraham, we have to realize that God was emphasizing the matter of source. You know, we care very much for uh, many things in their results. Uh, we care for uh, how they're carried out. But God carries cares about one thing specifically, and that's the source. And we see this very directly in Abraham's story here because eventually Abraham tried to fulfill God's purpose out of himself. And in in so doing, who did he produce? He produced Ishmael. And eventually Ishmael became the enemy to Isaac. He became uh, an opposing factor. Uh, And we have to realize that in our Christian life, what matters most is not results, but source. In our morning, in our morning, it's very good if we would spend the source of our day for a few minutes just to open to touch the Lord. If we would just open the Bible, even for a few minutes, just to read, read just a little bit, because the source determines the outcome. Source determines outcome. In our Christian life, source means everything. Abraham exercised his flesh, exercised his self-confidence and his ability to try to carry out God's work. And eventually he produced God's enemy on the earth. Very interesting. Okay? So we have to be impressed right away that with Abraham... God allowed Abraham to pass through many things so that Abraham would realize, God, you are the unique source. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves concerning everything, especially in Christian work, but even in our human lives, we have to ask, Lord, are you the initiator of this? Lord, are you initiating this? Um, Let me make it intensely practical. Uh, At your age, many young people begin seeking a spouse. They start considering this matter. Who will I marry? And we have to ask the question, Lord, are you the initiator of this? Concerning this very critical important matter in your living I hope source would be important the source how did that relationship begin what was the source of that relationship Uh, and then in many other things in our daily living we have to consider what is the source Um, and I would say especially in our Christian work 
in our Christian labor, even on this campus. Uh, you know, we, we're burdened for many people to know Christ and find Christ. Yeah. Uh, but we have to ask ourselves, serving ones, what is the source? Because source determines outcome. So if it's something from the Lord, uh, the outcome will be unto his eternal purpose. Okay? All right. Well, again, I have to be careful here. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, Abraham's experience is an experience of God the Father. Then let her be. Let's go on quickly. Go. The experience of Isaac signifies the experiences of God's Son in his redeeming man and his blessing man with the inheritance of all his riches, with the life of the enjoyment of his abundance, and with the life of peace. Okay, read Genesis 25 5. Go. Very good. Abraham gave a few things to Isaac. He gave all that he had. And with the triune God, you know what? He gives, the Father gives everything to the Son. Now, it's an amazing thing because, you know what? Without, without an Abraham, there could be no Isaac. But an Isaac must have an Abraham. Yeah. Because Isaac here is one who received everything from the Father. So we have to see this is such a tremendous qualification of the Son as someone who receives everything from the Father. So the God of Isaac, uh, we could say, is to know God as the supplier. That is, we have to learn to receive everything from Him. Uh, you know, when we we're young, and ambitious and aggressive, we do try to work out many things ourselves. But the Lord in his sovereignty will bring us to a place eventually where we realize, you know what? We're nothing. And God is everything. And he wants to supply everything to us. Amen. Let me ask you a few questions. <clears throat> do you think you're the only one who arranged your roommate situation? Yeah. Who supplied your roommate? Where did your roommate come from? You know what? God supplied it. How about your professors? Was that just you and all your choices clicking on the classes, hoping you got in? Maybe you Jacobed your way into some of them and then found out, whoa, this professor was not what I was expecting. You know what? Actually, God supplied all those professors. And how about, let's just go back further, your mom and dad. <sighs> Some of you are so glad to be away to UT, finally free from mom and dad. Others, as you're getting a little bit older, you're kind of ready to go back to mom and dad. <laughs> but any, in any event, who supplied your mom and dad? God. God, He's the supplier of everything. Then, how are you even here financially at UT? Do you think it's just your brilliance? You're so fabulous. You're so awesome. They should have given you a scholarship. Of course. Of course. The rest of us should recognize that. Absolutely. Who supplied? Who's the supplier? God. 
So we have to realize, you know, the Lord wants us to know Him as the supplier. And not just for outward things, but actually mainly He wants to supply us with Himself. Mm -hmm. He wants us to know Him and receive Him as the rich one who will give us everything. Okay. Uh, Moving on quickly here. In Genesis 26.3, let's read this verse together. Go. Sojourn in this land. And I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and to your seed, I will give you all these in the land. And I will establish the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. So this is to Isaac here, and he's going to give all the land. He's going to give everything to Isaac. So Isaac was a receiver, and guess what we should be? We also should be receivers. We have to learn to be receivers and enjoyers of everything the Lord will supply to us, okay? Then, let us see. Let's move on quickly here. Let's read this. Ready? Go. The experience of Jacob with Joseph signifies the experience of God the Father in his loving man and choosing man to Because with Jacob, we really get to see ourselves in so many details. Uh, Conniving, working things out for our best interest, trying to get the better deal, uh, trying to get more cattle than the other person, trying to get the better cattle than the other person. Uh, Eventually, Jacob, he got quite a deal. He got four wives and a lot of kids. And the Lord used all of those to deal with him. And so with Jacob, what we see is the God who wants to transform us. So after we know God is our source with the God of Abraham, and we know the God of Isaac, the one who can receive everything, that prepares us, that sets us up to know the God of Jacob, who's ready to deal with us and transform us. And make us into his image. So that eventually we can become the transformed Jacob, Israel, and know the God of Israel. To become the real Israel of God. Amen. Okay, so uh, in this section here, it's so wonderful. If you read these chapters from chapter 12 to chapter 50 of Genesis. And I really hope you do. I hope you don't miss the opportunity as we are marching through these messages on Genesis, to read these chapters of Genesis and see the rich, vivid detail of these persons and realize eventually with Joseph, he becomes the matured aspect of Jacob. And he's there reigning over Egypt. And at the very last chapters of Genesis, he's an old man there, and he's a person And all he's doing as this old man is he's blessing all the persons he's around. Blessing person after 
person. And again, don't forget, this is, should be a picture of us. I hope our aspiration as a believer is as we grow in Christ, one day we too would become a person who simply is a blessing to all the world. You know what? Even whether we say something or don't say something, our very person, our very presence just becomes a tremendous blessing to all those around us. This represents someone mature in the divine life. Someone transformed and someone who now can become a full expression of God. So Jacob, who's matured in the person of Joseph, we see this picture uh, in fine, rich detail. The way he deals with his brothers, the way he receives them back to himself, the way eventually he calls his father to come back and live with him. So many details there we see in Joseph, a person who's mature in the divine life. And in his uh, maturity, he's there reigning over everyone. So, in this way, <laughs> Joseph, you might say, is a king. In practicality, he was the king of Egypt. And in our experience as a Christian, we want to become co-kings with Christ. Amen. Ruling and reigning with him as the real Israel of God. Amen. Okay? So... Uh, so much here. Romans 8, 28 and 29. How about brothers on 28, sisters on 29? Brothers on 28, go. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Sisters. Quickly back with Jacob. Jacob was always there, conniving, working, uh, crafty, subtle. <laughs> but God knew all of that, and God was allowing that so that he could work on Jacob. And the very choices that Jacob made, eventually God used those very choices to work on Jacob. And here in, verse, in chapter 8, 28 of Romans, <coughs> It says that we know that all things work together for good. Well, of course, we love it when good things happen. We say, yeah, thank you, Lord, those good things happen. I got a scholarship in the mail. Thank you, Lord, that's working for good. <laughs> but what about that first test grade? That was well below a 70. Uh, is that working for good? Yes. How about that hard phone call from one of your parents? Is that working for good? How about your roommate that you're really not too happy with at this point in the year? Is he or she working for good? Well, this is God's sovereign arrangement, and this is why we need to know the God of Jacob. Because he, in his sovereignty, is transforming us. He is conforming us to his death, okay? Really marvelous. Okay, quickly, let's go on. Roman numeral three. Let's read this all together. Go. We need to know and experience the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So underline there, know and experience. Two things. Know and experience. We need to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we need to experience these three, okay? As one. Okay? Hey, Abraham believed in God as the unique source as the one who calls the things not being as being. 
You know, Abraham mainly believed God in two ways. Yeah. Number one, concerning the birth of Isaac, mm-hmm. which did Sarah believe? No. Ha- yeah, she laughed. And then when he caught her and said, why didn't you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. Yeah. And he said, no, but you did. <laughs> right? But Abraham believed God. Firstly, concerning the birth of Isaac, and secondly, concerning the offering Isaac and the receiving of him back. He believed as a God who calls things not being as being. And we see this, of course, in Romans 4.17. Uh, so Abraham, very amazing, he believed God. And he knew God even as the one, the God who raises the dead. God of resurrection. Okay. Quickly, let's go through here. Letter A, let's read it. Go. And letter B, go. Okay, Genesis 24, go. Seven. This is the New Testament speaking to us from Brother Paul. Let's read this. Go. For who distinguishes you? And what do you have that you did not see? And if you did not see it, why do you notice that you have it? So Paul here was trying to help the Corinthian believers realize that everything they had, they had received. And in our Christian life, the things that we have, we've received. Okay? Then let us see. Let's read this. Go. April speaks to us of the Holy Spirit. His experience represents the work of the Holy Spirit. And his history is tied with the discipline of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, You know, with Jacob, back to Jacob again. <laughs> There's so much with these persons, really. I'm just trying to find out where the Spirit wants to land on, on these three. But with this person of Jacob, who wants to transform us, you know, we have to realize today the Spirit's operation is mainly to transform us. Amen. But we can cooperate and allow that process to. Uh, be furthered and continued as we say amen to the Lord. Because the Spirit today wants to come in and, first of all, deal with our natural life. But second of all, He doesn't just want to deal with us. He wants to saturate us with Himself. Amen. He wants to add Himself to us. So, we're in a lot of struggles in our daily living, especially as students on the campus. We have a lot of struggles. Um, maybe you want to eat something and you only have a few coins in your pockets. You're struggling, right? You're struggling. And you look at your bank account and there's lots of zeros on the line. Well, 
You know what? This is an opportunity to know the transformation of the Spirit. Amen. We have to learn to open to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to know you. Amen. I want to know you right now. What are you supplying? We, we have to learn how to open up and receive the transforming work of the Spirit. Amen. Because the Spirit wants to work Himself into us. And when He does that, eventually there is a fruit that comes out. As we allow the Spirit to operate in us and work in us, there is some constitution that's going on. And we are allowing Christ as the Spirit to work Himself into us. And Regarding many areas, regarding many matters, the Spirit wants to work Himself into us. Uh, recently, a brother was talking to me, and he um, he was telling me um, <clears throat> that he was saying something to another brother about his mom. And right away, something rose up in him and said, stop. Don't say that. And so he stopped. He stopped speaking. And he said as soon as he stopped, he just felt the life in him just jump. And uh, he said, I wanted to say it so bad, and I wanted him to understand, but there was something in me that said no. It just said no, don't say that. And... So he was there listening and following the Spirit's work in him. And he said, you know what, brother? I stopped saying that at that moment, and I have not said anything since to any person. He said, in my inward being, I feel light. Amen. Amen. And, you know, young people, this is an experience of the Spirit. Allowing the Spirit to come in and to touch our speaking, touch our attitude, touch our, our motive for things. We have to realize the Spirit wants to come in in so many areas in our inward being and fill us and saturate us with Himself and His feeling and to stop the natural element. Deal with us in our natural life. This is the Spirit's work. And this is the reality of knowing the God of Jacob. And as we have these experiences, as we go through college, and then eventually you'll graduate from college. Right, Andrew? It does happen one day. And we're here. some of us are here to testify there is life after college. Uh, and you go on. We go through many more experiences of knowing the Spirit. And as we know the Spirit, the Spirit is doing a deep, transforming work in us. Because He is after producing something that will express Him. Uh, this, is, this is really marvelous, okay? Um, <clears throat> we have to be impressed that everything in our outward environment, the Spirit can use. And the Spirit does use we, we are the experts of trying to get out of things and try to rearrange things and try to change things. Uh, recently, we were fellowshipping about another campus, and uh, somebody mentioned all the people.
that we know there at this other campus, they all moved out of their dorms and moved into another situation. I said, wow. Well, that kind of activity represents all of us. We all the time are trying to get out of our situation and change things to make it easier for us, right? But the Lord is arranging everything in our outward situation to transform us. Amen. (laughs) We may not believe that yet, but that's what he's doing. And one day we'll see it and realize he is arranging everything in our outward situation. Okay, personal testimony. Uh, In a few months, I'll have been married 25 years. And the, uh, one of the things that my wife and I talked about early on was, now don't shoot me here, but just listen for a minute, is because uh, I traveled quite a bit, we traveled a lot, we decided not to, not to get a dog or a cat because we would always have to find out what to do with this animal as we traveled. So... Uh, we haven't had a dog or a cat for all these years. But a week ago, my wife calls me up and said, Honey, I got a dog. <laughs> and I said, What? <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's a, that's a major change. And I said, Well, um, okay, only if it's an outside dog. So the first, the first night, uh, I was extremely tired, and I came home and went to bed, and I didn't realize it, but the dog was sitting at the back door going, you know, and so my 11-year-old snuck outside and got it and snuck it inside. Yeah. And brought the dog to her bedroom. Which, according to my, according to my coordination and my ordinance, should not happen. <laughs> so um, uh, I woke up the next morning, and uh, I opened my bedroom door, and there was the dog staring at me. <laughs> And, and very typically in my house, I'm the first one to wake up. Actually, almost always, I'm the first one. I rise up while it's still dark most of the time. And this dog was sitting there wagging its tail looking at me. And right away, the smoke started coming out of my ears. <laughs> and I was just like, I, we just made an agreement that if we got the dog, the dog would be an outside dog. But here the dog is an inside dog, and my family failed on the very first night. Uh, So, needless to say, the outside dog has now become an inside dog. And on a daily basis now, I am really turning to the Lord. Amen. Because everything in my upbringing... Everything in my constitution is very much uh, against this. But you know what? The Lord is operating. And the Spirit wants to transform us. He wants to add His element to us. 
And, you know, you'll find as the years go by that you eventually, you just are in places and situations that you cannot get out of whether you want to or not. Because God's sovereignty just places you in that particular place. But all of that is for God's transforming work in you. And this is what God does, and this is what uh, He is doing with each of us to produce the real Israel of God. Okay? So, I have to confess, uh, in the mornings, I rise up early, and I'm there in my living room, and now, as I'm touching the Lord, I have a little doggy, and the dog is sitting there looking at me. So I've been speaking to the dog, as well as to the Lord. And I just open it. And inwardly, I'm being ground to powder. But you know what? The Spirit is dispensing Himself into me. And all of us have to learn how to have this opening and turning to the Lord. And realize that he wants to dispense his life into us. Okay. We need to finish up quickly here. Um, let's, uh, let's skip over quickly to E. Okay. Ready? Go. The God of overlapping progression. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Justifying, full of grace, and transforming, especially in the divine discipline. And that Jacob becoming the God of Israel through the process of transformation. What a picture of who God is in a detailed way, a God that we need to know and experience in all these particular aspects. We need to know the God who's our source. We need to know the God who is our supplier so we can receive everything. And we need to know the God who does a transforming work on each one of us so that we can become mature and we can become the expression of God corporately together so God can have his testimony on this earth. Okay, Roman 4, read it. The issue of experience. This is the issue. The issue of experiencing this God is eventually there's an Israel. There's a people of God who are transformed and who express Him fully. And letter A, the real Israel, the spiritual Israel, is the church today. This is the church in reality. Uh, Romans 2.29, let's read this verse strongly. Go. But he is a Jew who is one iniquity, and the circumcision is the heart, in spirit, not in letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. You know, once Abraham had that failure and produced Ishmael, the very next chapter that, that came in in Genesis 17, God brought in the matter of circumcision. 
to show that the flesh has to be cut off in order for man to have fellowship with God. Because chapter 18 then goes into the matter of living in fellowship with God. So here, the real Jew is one who is circumcised of the heart in the spirit. That means there's a cutting off of the flesh and of the fleshly source and of knowing God in a real intrinsic way in the spirit. Okay? And then Philippians 3 3, let's read this verse together. Ready? Go. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of in the flesh. You know, when we're young, we have a lot of confidence. But if you read the New Testament, what happened to Peter as the years went by? How much Peter, how much confidence did Peter have? Well, he got reduced. And you know what the Lord is going to do with each one of us? He's going to reduce us. This is what he does. Until eventually, there's no confidence in our flesh but our confidence is in what? It's in God. Our confidence is in God as the source of everything. Okay, so finally, the Israel of God represents God, exercises his authority, and carries out his administration on the earth for the fulfillment of his purpose. This is not just to be a son of God, but this is to become the Israel of God. That is, with God's authority and his administrative uh Ability to carry out everything. And we see this in Joseph at the, the end of Gen, uh, Genesis. He was there ruling and reigning, carrying out everything in Pharaoh's kingdom. He was there representing God. And he was there in the place of authority. Okay, and then finally, let us see the Israel of God is the church in, underline the word in, in the triune God. Amen. And we'll get into that another time. But that just means that the church, in its reality, is in this very person of God himself and his trinity. Amen. So, I hope we saw a little sketch, a little something concerning the matter of these three great men in the Old Testament. And how God has put his name with these three persons. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And that we not only need to know him as this... But we need to experience him as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, so that we become God's testimony, the real Israel of God today on the earth. Praise him, right? We can know him in this detailed way in the Old Testament.